This is Horsing Around. News, views and stories from the equestrian world, both here in Australia and from overseas. <laughs> Horsing Around on Grandstand Digital and online. Hello and welcome to Horsing Around for another year. I'm Andrea Williamson. This is the program where we look in depth at the world of equestrian, both here in Australia and all around the world. On today's program, we'll hear from the Olympic silver medalist Shane Rose as the build-up to the World Equestrian Games in Normandy in 2014 gains momentum. We'll find out about the Ready, Set, Trot program that's been launched by Equestrian Australia this weekend. And I speak with the National Medication Control Officer with Equestrian Australia to find out if there's been any fallout in the equestrian world from the recent AWC report into drugs in sport. The squad for the upcoming World Equestrian Games in 2014 has recently been announced and seven horse and rider combinations have been shortlisted for the Normandy Games. Chris Burton, Andrew Hoy, Lucinda Fredericks, Megan Jones, Tim Boland and Paul Tapner have been selected, along with Shane Rose and his horse Taurus. That pair were on track to represent Australia at the London Olympics last year until a muscle injury to Taurus saw the pair ruled out on the eve of the Games. But now they're looking to bounce back and make amends. And ABC Grandstand's Peter Walsh spoke with Shane Rose earlier this week. Well, I was going to ask how you were, but I think I should ask by talking about your horse for a start. How's Taurus? Uh, he's really, really good. He uh, he had a bit of a break after after coming back from England. Um, uh, sort of by the time he got back and and sort of had a bit of a break, there wasn't sort of much to do towards the end of last year. And he started up uh, around Christmas time, and uh, he's uh, he's been going really well. Sound soundness is is been well, he's been very sound and and you know tracking along nicely. If you could talk to the horse, what would you say? How are you feeling? <laughs> and the response would be? I think now he'd say very good. Uh, yes, for sure. Like he's, uh, he's certainly been really happy in his work and, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy with his progress so far. Well, the best way to describe you, I would think, would be a patient competitor in your world of sport because jumping hurdles is one thing, but being patient from your point of view has had to be the four. Absolutely. I mean, we're really governed. You know, we, we can strive for as much success as we are, but we're, we're certainly governed by, you know, the horses we're competing on, and, and you know, the level of confidence and, and training and everything that, that that they have is is sort of what guides us as to how far and fast that we can we can sort of progress. How far away do you start to look uh, if you have to focus on Normandy and in the the next? Uh, Olympic Games in Rio is that the aim at this stage? Oh, look, um, to give you an idea, I, ha- I have a horse uh, that I've been competing for two years uh, already, and I'm looking at Normandy with him. Uh, sorry, at uh, at Rio with him. So it's really minimum five year program to get a horse, you know, f- to a level where that they could be competing at that you know Olympic level. Uh, and, and competitive at that level. So, you know, sort of six to eight years is, is certainly not, you know, beyond the realms of, of reality that it takes that long to get a horse to that level. Uh, hopefully you can get them a little quicker and, and, and have them at that level for a little bit longer. But Shane, do you have a plan B? Yes, I have a plan B. Different to other sports, like if I was a swimmer or a runner, uh, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, that I am the only athlete. Whereas, you know, because I have horses as, as our athlete uh, as well, 
I can be riding many horses and training many different horses to that level. And I've always, well, I mean, the idea is to have two or three ready at, uh, that are good enough to get to the games. And if something happened to one, that you could, you know, have another one as a backup. And unfortunately, they're not as easy to come across as that. Uh, but certainly, I've got uh, two at the moment that I think uh, certainly in contention for Normandy, and, and certainly uh, the second of those is, is obviously the one that I'm, I'm uh, very hopeful for Rio. Shane, how would you describe where Australians are, where our country is now in the world that takes up so much of your time? Look, I guess we, the, the, the results over the last, well, certainly at the Olympic Games weren't, uh, weren't as we would have liked. Uh, you know, we only needed a couple of things to change and it, it could have been a very, very different picture. Um, you know, I, I think I was probably picked in the team to be a fairly consistent performer and then unfortunately uh, you know, with other injuries and, and, and whatever happened uh, for the, the London Olympics we ended up having the rider that, that took my place unfortunately uh, score didn't count because he had a fall on cross country and we are a bit unfortunate with uh, Clayton who was in a reasonably good position had an unfortunate fall where his horse just trod on his front foot and slipped over um, you know, so things changed a little. We could have been really in with, in with a shot of those medals. So uh, in, in saying looking forward, I certainly think the, uh, the English and the Germans are quite clearly you know, the, the, the teams at the top of the, their game at the moment. Uh, but I'm hoping that we'll be uh, pushing on their heels come Normandy time. Well, the interim eventing squads have been named and you are in that Normandy squad. So between now and then... The expectations of travelling, of chasing events all over the world, or what? Uh, for me, for the first time, it will be. Uh, I'm planning on taking the two horses that I have sort of earmarked for Normandy, Taurus and a young horse called Virgil, who will be extremely young uh, via, for, for international standards, you know, should he, he make the Normandy team. Uh, I think he uh, he's seven year old at the moment, and they can only compete at that level once they turn eight. So he'll uh, he'll only be just scraping in on the age barrier. But uh, I'm actually planning on taking the two of them over to England and Europe towards the middle of. Well, they'll be leaving at the beginning of August, uh, and then uh, do a couple of short campaigns over there, uh, where I'd probably go over for three or four weeks at a time uh, and pick out a, a two major events, which would be Burley on Taurus and then Poe, which is, I think it's in the south of France, uh, on, on perhaps the both of them, which is uh, Burley's the first weekend in September, and Poe, I think, is about the, well, about the last weekend in October. Sounds to me, Shane, as if you've got that necessary ingredient, which is hunger for success. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone could, could certainly uh, accuse me of not being determined and hungry, and, and I guess... Like, I think whenever you've got a sport like ours where success is, is hard to come by and just getting to the, the games and, and those major championships is a, uh, you know, an effort in itself. Certainly when you get so close, you know, with, with everything in your power to be successful uh, and when that gets taken away from you at the last minute through a minor injury, uh, it certainly makes me you know, a lot hungrier than even normal. And, you know, that's certainly the attitude I took when I uh, unfortunately missed out on the London team. And, uh, you know, every, every day since then I've been figuring out how I can get better and, and make sure I've got my horses fit and sound and rearing to go at, at Normandy and then moving forward to Rio. So it's only, what, three and a half years to Rio and 
in about a little over 18 months to Normandy. So, you know, it's certainly, uh, you know, everything needs to go well between now and then. And it, it sounds like a long time, but in, in terms of preparing the horses and making sure all the, the boxes in, in getting uh, qualified and selected are ticked along the way, it's certainly a, a fairly uh, intense program. Shane Rose, thank you so much for taking our call and all the very best to you leading up to and including Normandy. That won't take long. And more importantly, down the track at Rio in the next Olympic Games. Yeah, thanks very much. Saddle up for horsing around. All the latest from the equestrian world, both here in Australia and from overseas. This is Horsing Around on Grandstand Digital and online. A new national junior equestrian program has just been launched to give youngsters an opportunity to get involved in the sport. Ready, Set, Trot is aimed at those aged between 5 and 12, regardless of whether or not they own a horse. The program is run by Equestrian Australia in conjunction with Pony Club Australia and the Australian Sports Commission. 891 ABC Adelaide Weekends presenter Ashley Walsh spoke to the South Australian Olympian Megan Jones, who is an ambassador for the Ready, Set, Trot program. Well, we're hoping that it's going to get a lot more um, children um, into into horses. Um, a lot of them like horses and like the idea of it, but their parents just think it's all a bit too hard. Um, and this way we can just offer it to them in a cost-effective way um, um, in groups and as a, as a, um, a school sport. I'd imagine for a lot of people, though, if you haven't got a horse, it's pretty hard to get involved with equestrian-type activities. It is, especially when there's not that many riding schools about, um, and and if there are, they they just can't can't find them. Um, there's only a few in the hills, um, a few in the outer areas, and this way it's just it is a database as well for them to go onto the website, find where their closest school is that's offering it, and it's just the whole thing, um, the whole process has made a lot easier for them and um, you get good instruction, a good um, program that covers everything from the horses, how to look after them, how to actually ride them and also other fitness type things and exercises as well. Megan, this program's aimed at those between 5 and 12. How important do you think it is for youngsters to get into a sport like equestrian at an early age? very important. I know that I started when I was five um, and you have no fear. Um, your your, your um, body is supple um, and it just you can just pick up those basic skills and basic balances so much easier when you're younger. Um, and, and it also gives the kids understanding that Riding horses is not just about riding horses. It's about riding them, looking after them, picking up their poo, keeping them clean. Like it's a whole range of things, and um, it gives them a, a sense of responsibility as well, which I think is important for kids anyway. Megan, for you, was was it the case that your family were already involved in horses, and that's how you got in so at such a young age? Not at all. Um, no, my mum um, decided that she always wanted a horse as a kid and could never never have one in um, England. And she just decided, let's get a pony. 
when the sales started, they had no, they had no understanding, no idea, and she just learned with books. And my mum actually joined up to pony club as well, and and learned that way. And she actually taught me for my first sort of five or six years herself. She just went along and, you know, said read books. Um, and and because we had our own pony, we we learned pretty quickly how to after it and I recall, you know, um, missing out on watching my favourite TV shows and I was a kid to go and look after the horses and feed them and it was wet and cold and I, and I would love going out and feeling like a growing up having to go and look after the horses in the rain, you know, and I was seven years old. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm so growing up, here I am getting wet looking after the horses. Um, and it just makes you, um, yeah, a grown up child and respect hard work and it certainly sorts out those people who are really keen and those who aren't too doesn't it absolutely um it's it's definitely not just um something um that you you do um lightheartedly if you take it on full-time later on but this this program though it it lets the kid do it in a very fun way um but they do get to still look after the horses because part of it is, you know, there's the, the riding side of it, part of it is points of the horse. How do you feed them properly? How do you tack them up? How do you check their feet? And all the basic things that kids can understand at their age and they're doing it once a, a week. Um, but it just gives them an insight into it. And uh, which I think we, we run riding school camps as well and the kids love that that hands-on part actually actually to catch the horse and tack them up and brush them that's their favorite part as well as as well as hopping on them but they just love to get that bond with the horse we're talking to megan jones who's one of the ambassadors for this new ready set trot program and i suppose for mums and dads megan this is a great way to let their youngsters find out if they like it or not without going into that full commitment of buying a horse Absolutely, and and they can still find out whether they want to go into the commitment after this program to then sort of sign up and join the school that offered it and, and, and do it in smaller groups and work towards, you know, in a year or two having their own pony or, or leasing one. So at our, our school, we have lots of kids that come and, and ride in the school for six months or a year and then they're parents go yeah I think they do on a horse so we then can part lease them a pony so it still lives here and we look after it and you get the score they sort of have that half ownership in the horse or horse without having to actually go out and buy all the gear for it and 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 do it in steps like that rather than saying right we now have to buy the pony and buy all the gear they can just take it in in gradual steps and then if the kid is still interested and loves it then they go and buy pony later on. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of a lots of stepping stones in the scheme of things, and that way it, it won't sort of frighten the parents too much, <laughs> or scare the horses, as they say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but Megan, there are two aspects, aren't there? There's the the riding school aspect or part of this program, but there's also one that's going to be run in, in normal schools with teachers and and students. Yes, absolutely, and and that's more the horse care side of things um, and, and then they can then get to put that knowledge into practice when they come and actually ride the horse. Um, um, I'm really 
excited how this 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 whole program is 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 going to work with schools, um, especially when then when the children turn 12, they are allowed to start their um, EA intro riding course, which um, is a horse management section, a riding section, and also to become a, a coach as well. And you can start that when you're 12, you can't do the coaching until you're 18. But you can do these other courses throughout school and after school if you're interested in horses, and they actually count towards credits towards year 12. Megan Jones, lovely to talk to you about this new program, Ready, Set, Trot, and who knows, we might produce some future Olympians. Absolutely. That's what I'm hoping for, to see them out there and go, oh, that one looks good, that one looks good, and nurture those. But um, it's um, a great program, and the, the website has, um, has got all the info. It's all there, and um, you just sign up and see which, which schools are hosting it. That's South Australian equestrian and the Olympic silver medalist, Megan Jones. And if you're interested and want some more information on the Ready, Set, Trot program, just visit their website, www.readysettrot.com. For the latest sports results and broadcast schedule, visit abc.net.au slash grandstand. Earlier this month, the explosive ACCC report into drugs and organised crimes links in sport was revealed to the nation. At the time, it was called the blackest day in Australian sport. And in the weeks since, every sport has been under the microscope. To find out how the sport of equestrian in Australia may have been affected by the report, I spoke with the National Medication Control Officer with Equestrian Australia, Dr Warwick Vale, and started by asking him exactly what doping code the world of equestrian falls under. We follow the international body, which is the FEI. Um, uh, we follow their procedures and protocols and their rules and regulations, and they have an anti-doping uh, uh, medication and control rules, and that what they do with that is they break down uh, their medications into controlled substances um, and prohibit and uh, prohibit and banned substances. So they have a a prohibited list of drugs uh, which you can access on the internet, and they split those into, as I said, two categories, controlled and uh, banned. And the banned ones are the doping medications, uh, the types of medications that are raised in that report, uh, in the ACCC report. And the controlled medications are routine therapeutic medications that, that are for horses that we don't want to see coming up in our testing program. The testing program that Equestrian Australia has and uh, at a national level, uh, state level and international competitions is uh, quite rigorous. We have a, a, a ongoing sampling program for horses across Australia. We use a central laboratory which is FEI approved in Sydney. And uh, yeah, every weekend in Australia or uh, many locations across Australia at horse events, horse competitions, there are horses being sampled for uh, anti-doping. And how low does that uh, level go? Like at what sort of competition level would a, a person expect their horses to start getting tested? Uh, well, it even goes down to pony club level. So oh, really? It goes down to junior riders, yeah. So the, 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 uh, the sport has been well attuned to uh, controlling doping for a very, very long time. These programs, we've had a national program since 2005, but uh, that doesn't sound very long, but we, we amalgamated uh, what was happening in each state into one national body in 2005, but the state programs have been running for you know, 15, 20 years. So we've always paralleled racing, uh, horse racing in Australia, where we've taken a very serious line on doping in horses and, uh, and uh, even in young riders and, and, and children uh, events. Uh, we, the welfare of the horse is very important and it's paramount to our sport, so we make sure that we 
control sampling at a very, very low level. So in your opinion, is there enough testing, not just here in Australia, but I guess at the top level competition around the world? In, a, in equestrian sports? Yes. yes. The, 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 the testing is, since our issues with the sport internationally, with uh, uh, the, since the Athens Games, um, and, uh, and then again in Hong Kong, where we had uh, positive swabs at the Olympics in Hong Kong, um, the sport uh, undertook a, a massive uh, inquiry of Stephen's, uh, Lord Stevens' commission and, and uh, that uh, internationally has filtered down and involved all the national federations and Australia has played a big role in that commission and the sport has really uh, uh, honed down on, uh, on dopers and, the, and people cheating within the sport and it's now very, very tightly regulated and certainly the doping uh, medication control is at a very high level and in fact, again, when you benchmark our number of horses that are uh, sampled uh, in our elite level sports compared to human athletes where we're often at the top in terms of numbers and percentages of athletes and horses that are sampled. Also in our sport our riders are sampled as well so not only do, are their horses sampled but uh, the riders uh, have anti-doping tested at, uh, are anti-doping tested at the elite levels as well. I was going to ask that if there was drug testing for them and I, and I guess it's probably similar as in most other sports they're always looking to get an advantage. Uh, it's, it's, it's exactly the same, and, and our, our father in Australia, the, the, the Australian Sports Drug Agency, the, um, they, they, our elite riders, our Olympians, uh, have to wherever they are in the world are registered with that body and uh, can be subjected to testing at any, any moment in time. And they're in houses, uh, wherever they are in the world, training or, or socialising or or uh, riding horses or competing, they could be subject to testing. So is it a case in, in equestrian sports, as in a lot of others, that when you, you, know, you make a team, a national team or a state team, you sort of brought together and, and read the Ride Act a little bit and told you, you must check everything before you feed it to your horse or take it yourself? Is that a similar sort of process that's gone through? Oh, yeah, very much so. In fact, all those horses are tested before they're allowed onto the team. So the horses have to go through a vigorous testing program to make sure that they are free of medication. Uh, and then, of course, the team veterinarians uh, that travel with those horses and manage those horses in the period before the competition, uh, those team veterinarians are controlling what those horses are being given and uh, and uh, what they're being fed, and uh, we often test feeds as well to make sure that feeds are free of medication at Olympic Games uh, so that there's no, no chance of contamination, no chance of incidental um, positive swabs that, that, that would ruin our... Um, uh, performances uh, just through an accident. So, no, that it's very, very uh, part of our uh, commitment to the welfare of the horse to make sure that those horses are, are free of medication at all times and we're selecting horses based on their own merit and they're not uh, performance enhanced. Now, it, it sounds great. It sounds like uh, every sort of process has been put in place to ensure it doesn't happen in the future. But do you think there's still people out there that are trying to, to gain an advantage and trying to come up with new things that they can give a horse or, or give a rider to try and improve their performance? Yes, I think there's an, on, there's an ongoing battle there. And uh, certainly, I think uh, after the Hong Kong Games, uh, where, we, where we caught riders with a new medication and, and we caught some very high-profile riders internationally that, uh, um, that that put the wind up the riders about what they can use and what they can't use and, they, and how, what sort of boundaries they can push. But I think there are, there, there's so much money involved, there's so much prestige involved and sponsorship involved of riders that, depending on their performances. They're under a tremendous amount of pressure to perform and I'm sure that many of them would look at uh, medication on occasion to, to see whether they can uh, push the boundaries there. So uh, you, we have to stay on top of it. It's, a, it's an evolving game. It's an educational uh, process with riders and, and uh, horse owners 
uh, about what they can give and uh, the laboratories are cutting edge. We, uh, in Sydney, uh, at least in Australia, our, our laboratory is extremely good at, at detecting new medications and uh, you know, the, the racing industry uh, has set the benchmark here in terms of their uh, sport integrity and, and, and we, we managed to reap the benefit in our sport of that, that technology and that investment that the racing industry's made in, in laboratory procedures. So um, we, le we leverage that to our advantage, but I can't say that we're in front of the game all the time uh, with the, the new chemistry and uh, backyard chemists producing medications. But you know, as a rule, these medications in horses, because of the horse's metabolism and their physique and, uh, and their training, are probably not going to get the same sort of advantage that they do in humans. That's Dr Warwick Vale, who is the National Medication Control Officer with Equestrian Australia. That's all we've got time for on this edition of Horsing Around. I hope you've enjoyed the program. Or anything else you hear on Grandstand Digital, just visit our website, abc.net.au slash grandstand.